You're listening to Trek FM. Want to join in the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners' discussion group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field, and we look forward to seeing you there. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the 602 Club. There was a little bar in Mill Valley where all the Starfleet trainees used to go. The 602 Club. You know it. <laughs> I was there more times than I can remember. I think I know where they went. Our dads. To the bottom of the sea? They were headed to an uninhabited island. So off the coast of Japan. It used to be called Yamatai. There's at least 6,000 islands off the coast of Japan. Hardly any of them are populated. Well, I have a map. Now all I need to do is to figure out what these are. I think these are coordinates. The location. They're clock hands. <laughs> They're not clock hands. Definitely not clock hands, but... They are clock hands. <laughs> That's the one. That's right in the middle of the Devil's Sea. You might as well tie a stone to your foot and jump off the boat now. It'll be an adventure. Death is not an adventure. Welcome to the 602 Club, Trek FM's general geek show, and I obviously have no idea where we're coming from. This is a secret island we have found, and we're glad to be here, um, but I don't really know uh, where it is. I, I can't even remember where it was on the map. I don't know. There was some like thing about clock hands, and that's how we figured out what the... Eh, whatever. Um, but we're excited to, to be here because we have a fun new movie to talk about as we're going to be talking about Tomb Raider and I'm glad to have with me uh, you heard her last week Drea Kaufman hello I believe we're in the middle of the devil's sea something like that that's what yeah, yeah that's what they said the but I don't remember sea. the exact like you know corresponding coordinates for where we are yeah we're somewhere between mm. Japan and California yeah somewhere so, you can you find know. us it's all right guys yeah, um, but all all that matters is you, you get this show, and we're excited to actually get to talk through this new movie since we you know we both have some history with this character. But before we dive in, just a quick reminder: uh, you can find us all over the place. If you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, help us out, give us a review and a star rating. It means the world to us. One and two, it helps other people find the show. So make sure you stop there. You can also find all the other shows there on Trek FM at iTunes.com slash Trek FM. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Trek FM. We're on Twitter at Trek FM. Great places to like and follow us so you know what's coming up. Uh, and you can find the listeners-only discussion group on Facebook. It's uh, called the Babel Conference. You can type that into the search field there on Facebook. Or you can go to our website at trek.fm, click discussion on any of the menu bars, and that'll bring you over to that group. And while you're over there on the website, if you want to send us an email, you can go to trek.fm slash contact, choose the show, choose the 602 Club, and that comes to me and the host that's on that week, and uh, we'll get to converse with you that way. So maybe you have some ideas or thoughts about the show or, you know, just wanted to say hi. We love getting emails. So now I am... Excited. I, I I was just excited that they were making this movie because I I liked Tomb Raider. Like for me, um, 
my my past raids i like i've played a lot of the games not all of them um i played a, a good majority of them i'd say uh, i even have this little one that goes on your ipad that i play uh sometimes when i'm bored and so i, I have really enjoyed the games um is that so that drea have you played most of the tomb raider games i would probably say i haven't played probably as many as matt you have I definitely have not played the one for your iPad. <laughs> um, but I definitely remember one of my first um, PlayStation memories was trying to play um, a Laura Croft game, one of the Tomb Raider games, and just being terrified that I was going to be eaten by bears again. So, <laughs> or wolves or something. I mean, the, those games were relatively scary for me when I was younger. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoy the modern games, the current ones. Um, I was... I thought the the original Angelina Jolie movies were fun. Uh, there's some things personally I don't like about the character uh, of Laura Croft historically, only because she's almost entirely a sex symbol. But uh, I still enjoy the games. I still enjoy how much of a um, a BA she is and all of them. Uh, so I, I was really looking forward to this because I do really like the reboot. Um, Personally, on the reboot, I feel like it's extremely violent. So I was interested to see how they were going to deal with some of those more gruesome situations you find yourself in in the game, especially seeing as the movie was only rated PG-13. Um, so I was really looking forward to the movie um, and I was not that disappointed, which was surprising considering what happened last week when I was really looking yes. forward to the movie and was wholly disappointed. <laughs> so I was I was very pleased. I was very pleased this time around. You know, it's funny you, you say that. Obviously, I think... Uh, anybody who grew up playing Tomb Raider as a guy, you kind of, yeah, Laura Croft, she's hot, right? Um, and that's part of it. But, I, you know, I think one of the things that I always appreciated about the character is, yes, she was sexy, but she also didn't take anything from anyone. And she was a, a strong, confident woman who just happened to be good looking, too. Um, you know, which was kind of nice. Like, uh, And so I, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, and I, I always enjoyed, though, that that wasn't the only thing about her, because obviously she's super smart, um, figuring out, uh, well, you had to be super smart to figure out the puzzles. Oh my gosh, you had to be so just, smart to figure yes. those games out. <laughs> or you had to have good access to the internet. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but, you know, I, I it is definitely something that's part of the character. And, and in a lot of ways, I think, you know, she's she's like that Indiana Jones or James Bond character, you know, for men where like they're just the good looking guy uh, that also happens to be really good at just about everything. Mm -hmm. And all the women want them. And, and they're you rich know, like so Bruce it, Wayne. Yeah. 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 They have lots of money or, or you know, just all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it is kind of funny. And I'd never really thought about. But you said before we started recording this idea that she's kind of like Bruce Wayne. And in a, in a lot of ways, she is. She's like Bruce Wayne and Indiana Jones had a child. Mm -hmm. Who also lost their parents. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah. It, it, yes, yeah. Bruce Wayne and Indiana Jones had a child. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and, uh, but that, uh, it is a really... It is a really fun thing. And then, of course, you know, a few years back, I, guess, I think it was like 2013, maybe, when they rebooted the games or they decided to tell her origin story instead of kind of continuing forward. Uh, and they changed everything. Uh, they had Camilla Ludington do the voice and she's on Grey's Anatomy. So if anybody watches that show, you've seen her before. Um, and they kind of 
changed the look of Laura a little bit. You know, they, they made her a little bit more rugged, a little bit more proportional. Um, and the games themselves, though, were so amazing. Like really that are. first one came out of left field and it's awesome. So, I, you know, with that as the foundation and kind of going into this movie, I was like, oh, goodness. I mean, I love that game. I hope that they do it enough justice in the movie. And so, and then, you know, like you said, the Angelina Jolie movies, they're fun. They're just I mean, fun. and they're still, yeah, they're still goofy action movies now. Like, you can turn it on and you're not going to be, like, turned off by it. You know, it's not going to, like, drive you crazy or anything. But they are kind of, I would say, more B-level movies in a lot of ways. They're not trying to be anything else. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, they're just they're just like a good solid action movie from the nineties. I think the last one was still in the nineties. I can't remember now, but there I mean Daniel Craig plays the love interest in one yeah. of them before he was and Daniel Craig, yep, if yep. that makes sense to anybody. Yes. Uh I they're just kind of like I don't know, they're just solid. You don't expect much plot, you don't expect much depth. It's not really that convoluted, but it's just kind of an enjoyable movie to watch. Um I really I mean, we're kind of just there to watch Angelina look good and kick ass. Yeah. That's kind of that's pretty like much all what you're, you're watching. That's all yeah. you're there for. Yep. Um I really like with this character though that um they've made her this really strong character, but that she's not hardened like the original um Tomb Raider, like the original Lara Croft was, who was kind of cold which is sort of this idea that to be a strong woman, you also have to be kind of cold and, you know, stone-like. So it's nice to see that she's, you know, she's weak and she has weaknesses and she can get hurt both emotionally and physically, as we find out very strongly. Uh, but, uh, but at the same time, she can still be a strong, powerful character and have these like softer sides. So, and I think that's something that both the, the games from 2013 on and this movie have really done a good job of portraying, um, which is a different side of Lara Croft. And when you go online and you read reviews of people who did not like this film, a lot of them, that is what they don't like. They don't like that it's not true to the original Lara Croft and they don't like that it's, you know, it shows a younger, less, uh, less, I don't know, less, less experienced, less, yeah. yeah, less experienced yeah. Tomb Raider. So, but yeah, I really, but I mean, and I think that to me, that seems, I, I, I get that, that, you know, in the original games, Laura is a cool customer, you know, yeah. and she, she feels and in, in, in many ways, that's where the James Bond part comes in, where she's very cool, cold and calculating and nothing really seems to get to her. And this is where I feel like this character feels much more like Anita Jones mm -hmm. in the sense that he's human. He has human reactions. Um, you know, he feels betrayed and he will do what he needs to do to survive and to try and save the day. Right. And but sometimes also... it's, it's just like a, a Hail Mary. They just do something and they hope yes. for the best. <laughs> we have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. Where you always kind of felt more like James Bond and, mm -hmm. and Laura Croft kind of had a plan in mind. Right. Where right. this Laura Croft, this rebooted one and Indiana Jones are kind of like, we're just going to throw it out there and see what happens and hope for the best. And and it gives mm -hmm. it a little more of a dicey, like you're kind of like, oh, how is this going to work? Like anxious, like good response to it. Well, and that's part of too. I mean, this is an origin story and, and so is the game. And so it being an origin story, it is going to change the way 
that you do things, right? Like you're you're going to realize that if we're telling the beginning of the story, this character can't be that character you saw from the future. It's just, it's not, it, and there's nothing wrong with it. Again, I think it's funny that people would criticize that because like if you know the source material of this game, this is Laura Croft's first mission. Like this is the first thing where things kind of go haywire and she slowly has to kind of morph herself into what we know as the Tomb Raider. But even in the first game, by the end of it, she's not completely what you know. Like, because it, it's a progression, and, and it, that's part of playing her becoming the legend. You know, this is this is not the legend just yet. And so this is how you get there. And so, I, yeah, that's interesting. And for, for me, personally, that was one of the joys of the games in the first place. These newer iterations is, is that they have that. So I really, um, I like where they left off um actually as we're recording this the uh, newest version or the newest uh part of that series comes out this fall and hmm, if anybody wants to help matt play that game he needs an xbox one so just putting that out there so uh but what did you think come out to all the platforms at the same time matt yeah, but I only have an Xbox 360, and it won't be on that platform. So. Oh, what a shame. I know. I'm going to still play it on my PlayStation 4 and, and get back to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, okay. sorry about that. Well, what did you think of the cast? Because, I mean, obviously casting Laura Croft into this newer character. Um, again, I, I mentioned she had been played in the game by Camilla Luddington, who is a uh, gorgeous British actress, and you can see her on Grey's Anatomy every week. Um, we got Alicia Vivikander, uh, who's been in such films as, you know, uh, The Man from Uncle, which amazing. I love her in that. Ex Machina, she's fantastic in, and, and some really great other films. So, how do you feel like she pulls off this pivotal role? I think she does a really good job. I think she's a really good cast. I have not seen her and anything else that i would recognize her from um i feel a little bit like you need to go watch the man from uncle then okay you and your husband should make that date night tonight totally worth it so good okay i'll put it on the list i feel a little bit like she has a generic white girl with dirty blonde hair look which works for this character and that sounds really offensive and terrible but i feel like at this point Laura Croft is just your everyday British person. Like there's nothing about her that makes her terribly outstanding. She is, you know, in relatively good shape, but she's not like a future Laura Croft who's in this like abnormal gymnast Although, shape. Although my wife and I turn to each other and like, she is jacked in this movie. She like, really she is, is jacked. But on the street, when you see her, she's not like... She doesn't stand out as like, oh, that's right, Laura Croft. Right. Like you don't pick her out and like she's this got this look that makes her stand out, which I think is part of this this character. So I think it was a really, really good cast. And that's not to say by any means for all the people who are already screaming their faces off right now. She's beautiful and extremely talented in the role. But um, I think that she was a great cast. I think she did a really good job. Uh, I find a lot of times when you're recreating a character, speech pattern makes a lot of a difference to me, how well you speak like that character. And I think she did a good job speaking like the Tomb Raider from the new series. So I bought it. And 
I'll buy it again. I'll buy it again if they keep making the movies. When I remember when they cast her and I was thinking, uh, uh, no, I could totally see that because she feels like the makeup of that character from the new games. You know, she has a similar build, you know, again, as I mentioned, uh, you know, they, they tone down Laura's proportions and everything to make her look like a normal person. Um, not that people don't look like that, I guess. But you know it's what I'm saying. It's not common. Like, Most people not aren't common. built like a Barbie right. doll because you would fall over. Exactly. Or Angelina Jolie, for that matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what they did is they found somebody who I think could physically inhabit the role that this that that game required and that this movie was going to require. And I think they did a really good job of picking her. And again, I mentioned my wife and I just were like, she is ripped beyond belief. I mean, her stomach you could watch clothes on. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I wish my stomach looked like that. But, um, you know, it, it. what was great about her, though, is that she has, like you were saying earlier, she has that kind of vulnerability to her, and she plays that well, too. So she can be hard-edged, but the majority of this movie isn't her having the hard edge because she hasn't really earned that yet. And this movie is kind of her earning that to the very end where she you know, does the thing that we won't talk about just yet, but you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's BA, you know, like that's, that's Laura Croft right there. Um, and so I, I really like that, but she also did something that was kind of nice too. She could play it slightly humorous as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw some reviews saying that this movie was humorless, but like I found the beginning of the movie quite humorous. She did a good There were job. some, yeah, there were some enjoyable parts and like, I don't, I don't know. I don't. The humor thing drives me crazy. Like, does every movie have to be making jokes like a Marvel movie for it to be humorful? Like, have humor? Like, this movie has its own sense of humor. And I don't know that I would want much more humor in this movie. Right. I feel yeah. like this whole is. is this is a survival story. Like this is her yes. surviving what's happening to her, not her controlling the situation. Like we see in future Tomb Raider movies where yep. she kind of controls what's happening. And and this is definitely a, uh, Laura Croft is responding to what's happening to her. Like the entire scene on the Island is her trying to get away. Like she's not trying to find the tomb. She's not trying to do any of that. Like she is trying to get off this Island. Um, so I don't know that humor really fits in there. I mean, there was a little bit of it. There was enough of it that I thought it worked well and made the character feel like a real character. But I don't know that I would have wanted much more humor anyway. It would have detracted from the point and made it almost yeah. feel like you're making light of the situation. Mm -hmm. I, I, part of me is like, I felt like the reviewer, like, obviously you don't know the source material because that game is not funny at all. No, Like, there's there's very little humor in that game. There's um, more in the movie than there is in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, there's a few scenes of, of humor I remember in the game, you know, when she's with some of the other people. But, like, seriously, this is not a funny game. This is a very serious, gritty take on this character, which, again, I, I really like. It, it, it's, it's a change from what we had had before where it had become, um, you know, a little bit too, like, say, James Bond, Die Another Day. CGI fest type stuff like that's what you, I mean obviously they're video games so they're CGI but you know what I'm saying like it just became so over the top this really kind of brought it more down to earth and I think like, talking specifically about Alicia Vivikander she helps bring this character back down to earth so you kind of feel what she's going through there's that moment where she's in the plane 
and she it starts to like fall apart again and she's like you've got to be joking and it's this great moment because that's kind of a normal human response of like are you effing kidding me yeah it's awesome so like those kind of things like i felt like she did really well throughout this movie because again she's kind of the wet behind the ears Laura Croft. This is all very new for her. This is not something she's done before. So she had a couple of good humor moments besides that one too, where she sort of sassed the bike delivery boss. Yeah. She yeah, sassed him and that, that was funny. Um, she sassed um, Anna when she picked her up from the police station. Yep. Um, she had this sort of like disgruntled early twenties kind of like humor to her, very dry and witty. Um, which I think is just a foundational layer for the more mature Laura Croft we'll see who has these sort of like bad pun moments versus the sort of dry witty humor. This is, I feel like... It feels more British too. It does feel more British, which is, yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Like she just, it feels more fitting for her character than to drop these sort of one-liners that feel more James Bond-like and walk out, which is what Angelina Jolie's laura croft would do you know she'd have some really witty one-liners and then walk away which is not what this character does at all and it's not what the reboot has her doing either and that's that again it's it's just part of this progression of her moving forward so i i being i i'm like there with you i would like to see more so i mean uh, she sold me on the fact that she can do the character and so for her portrayal alone just as inhabiting laura croft from the game and bringing it to live action, I'd really like to see her do more. So um, they changed some things from Laura Croft history, basically, uh, in this. And they brought in her father, and it was Dominic West playing Richard Croft. And so what did you think about him being a part of the film and getting to see him? And obviously, if you're listening to this, huge spoilers, but he's not dead immediately like he comes back and plays a part throughout the end of the movie to when spoiler alert he does die um <laughs> to save his daughter which i thought was kind of cool so um what did you think of him because um this is somebody like i it's like i know him from things but i'd have to look him up on imdb to like know what they were but i i, I kind of like him he kind of has this i don't know he he has this gregariousness about him that i kind of enjoy as a person and like he just felt like a good, loving dad, and I thought that was kind of cool to see a good father-daughter relationship on screen, especially since he's a single dad trying to take care of his daughter. Yeah, I sort of had mixed feelings about the whole thing. I think he did a good job as Richard Croft. Uh, I Some of the things I, I didn't like at first, and I came around to, and then I ended, and I still didn't like, uh, when they first showed that he was alive, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. We are rewriting huge chunks of Croft history right now. And I was like, it just feels, ugh, it just feels not right. I was, when I first saw him, we meet him in the cave. I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. We are doing this for real? No, no. There is no way he can get off this island. This is just mean now. Like, this is just mean to have him alive. Um, but the more we watched him, the more he played out. I understood why they did it and it made sense. Um, you know, Laura was so wrapped up in him not being dead that I think she had to show her seeing him die for real for her to believe it. Cause she was in such a strong state of denial that he was gone. Um, 
So I feel like in that case that you kind of needed that to happen in some way. She either needed to stumble upon his body or he needed to be alive or something to that effect. But at the same time, you could have removed that element. You could have not had her character pining that way and then you wouldn't have had to bring him back. So, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag there. I, it, it ended up working for me, but at the same time, I don't know that it was necessary for the rest of the plot line. Um, I will say, though, that his island look, if you will, so when he comes out into the daylight and he's cutting his beard and his hair and we see him in broad light, he looked like a Pirates of the Caribbean character, like way yeah, too much makeup. Did. He was like kind <laughs> of orange, like it looked like he was straight out of one of those movies. And that bothered me from like an aesthetic perspective. I couldn't see past that anymore. And it made his character look sort of comical when I don't think that that's what they were going for. So and from a costuming pers- perspective, I would have looked, I would have liked more. You could have still made him look old and rugged and sort of leathery. Cause I think that's what they were trying to do without making him look painted which is what he looked like um i imagine they struggled with that a little bit um but all in all i think the actor did a relatively good job i think that the character played out of course spoiler again he doesn't make it off the island so called that one right away um and i don't think you could have had him make it off the island um and it was relatively heartbreaking when he had to die um, which is something I feel like everyone knew when he showed up on screen <laughs> was, oh, you're going to die. Um, yeah, unless you don't know the games or anything. And then you might be like, oh, oh okay, yay. maybe she could save her dad. Yeah, so. Yeah, but then at the same time, the only thing I'm thinking is how how unfair is it that the rich white guy gets to live, but the poor Chinese fisherman had to die? <laughs> like, like, I was just like, nope, he has to die. Otherwise, this just becomes a whole socio-political debate that I don't want to be having with myself. So um, I, I, he had to die. I love, I love that they had Lou Ren Sr. be like a savior of these other people, like a helpful person. I like that they made his character, actually gave his character something, even though you genuinely never meet this character. Um, and I think that that really played to the Richard Croft and you know Lord Croft selecting this fisherman and I just thought it really kind of worked out you could kind of see how that whole adventure started um so I think Dominic West did a really good job as Lord Croft um I don't know that I could ever see him in boardroom meetings and that sort of thing uh (laughs) but we didn't have to so that's okay (laughs) but um and I did love like you mentioned the father-daughter relationship having a daughter myself and seeing how much my husband is just like head over heels in love with her. It was just really touching to see that and to see that relationship played out. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't happen in a lot of things. Um, and I, I love that he kept calling her sprout. That was totally not part of the game or mm-hmm. anything that came out of nowhere. And I, I enjoyed the little touch. It gave it a little kind of of its own uh, identity. And it was, it was really sweet. My first thought in the game, or watching the movie, was, was like, oh, I thought this was just going to be really more about her and her trying to survive. And I honestly forgot, because I had to go back and reread about the game, because it's been a long time since I played the original. Uh, well, that this it came is based out like off five years yeah. ago. So, um, but I forgot that there are a lot of people involved that are still on the island with her, and you meet up with them periodically. So obviously there's lots of time in the game where you're playing by yourself as Laura, but there are other times when you have all these other people around, and I forgot all about that. So I, was, I, I had misremembered, and so I was a little more uncomfortable with the fact that she spends so much time around other people. 
but it makes more sense. So you can't, again, this is different than a video game. So the medium is different and therefore you need her to be able to have her time alone during the movie, you know, when she's trying to figure things out or trying to survive certain things. But I, I felt like uh, with her with her father thing, that's where I was like uh, kind of cringing. And then when I went back and read, it's like, oh, okay, no, no, I guess it doesn't really bother me as much. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I, I did end up enjoying about him is just that I felt like by having him there, like you said, it connected him with uh, the Lou Ren character, uh, you know, and, and it gave her, Laura and him, something to connect on. They're both their fathers that disappeared. But I also felt like just too, it helps Laura have some emotional stakes in the film. Uh, obviously, she's not expecting to find her father. It's a complete like shock to her. But also, it it helps bring stakes as to what the whole movie is about and why he left in the first place, which is to help save the world from something he thought was terrible, right? And so the fact that he stayed there instead of trying to get away from the island and all that, again, just adding him into the story, I thought was was pretty good. And so um, I, I liked the way it resolved itself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I felt like by the end of the movie, I was like, okay, this, this definitely fits well enough. And it creates, you know... It, it the movie continuity, which is which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like a a comic book, kind of, you know, a movie mixing and matching things from different comics to make its own continuity, so that you don't just automatically go in knowing every single beat that's going to happen because that's kind of obnoxious. So it did. I did remember the game a little bit more, um, only because I had done a podcast on the original game before, so I had had to know the game pretty well before at that time. And I think one of the things that I'm hoping for more films in this series, because we do have a lot more characters in play in the video games than we did in these movies. And yet they introduce us to some characters at the very beginning that don't come to fruition of any sort. Like she has a best friend. There's some, you know, coworkers, there's Mm -hmm. several characters we meet and aren't necessarily just cast aside entirely like they're given names and yet they don't play any role in this film pretty much other than to sort of establish the fact that she has this great agility and she's a boxer and kind of scrappy um so i'm really hoping that as this adventure continues that those characters will come to play more like they do in the video game because it, it sort of, the game always sort of had this sort of, it takes a tribe mentality. Like she's doing this and fighting and pushing through, but not alone. And this game was almost, or the movie, this film was almost a little more like she was kind of on her own. Um, She had the support of um, Lou Ren and her dad was there, but I still think that, especially because now we've removed at least one of those two characters from this, that we're going to need more support from her going forward. So I'm hoping that these characters we got introduced to come back again and aren't just kind of throw away for the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Um, So I'm sort of hoping that's that, that that's kind of what happens with that and that we get a little more mirroring of the game in the next couple than we did. And maybe not an identical copy because then it would be boring. And why would we go see the movie if we've already played the game? That's basically a movie in 12 hour form. So um, I'm just sort of hoping for more of that going forward. Um, and 
in that sense, when you're talking about what you saw her dad as, that makes a lot of sense to me. And thinking back to the game, we got a lot of her father in the sense of his journal, because in the game, his journal, there's a lot of memories and flashbacks and voiceovers from her dad. So I think this was the next best thing to just replicating that was just to have her dad in the in the movie. So right. And that's hard to do in a movie too. It is somebody hard. reading something and yeah. And it's that, time consuming. It's kind of boring, yes. right? It's yeah. kind of boring just to listen to him read you <laughs> yes. a story that he's written in a diary, right? It's not so bad when you're playing a game that takes you five or six days to complete, but it's, you know, really annoying when you're in a two hour movie and 20 minutes of it is just dad, dad, dad voiceover. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I like that idea. You know, I was kind of thinking that, um, in the end, uh, if they do another movie, it'd be kind of funny to have the Nick Frost character, uh, the uh, be a little bit more part of the team or something, you know, like like she on her, uh, she's on his retainer. He, he's yeah. on her retainer. Yeah, yeah. something <laughs> like that. That'd be kind of cool. So, um, what did you think? Uh, we got um Walton Goggins playing Matthias Vogel, and he's the bad guy, um, of this this film who's working for Trinity. This kind of shadowy, like um. I I don't know. I, I they kind of feel like they kind of feel like religious, the bad guys an alias. Yeah, they feel like religious zealots. Um, you know, like neo-Nazi religious zealots type of people. Um, so like this, just that kind of thing. They want to take over the world basically, and they're everywhere. Which I love that that the games have created this for her because it gives you the opportunity to have her kill these people that you don't care about them dying <laughs> because they're awful people, right? They're basically like. A new form of Nazi, but I thought what's interesting about his character is that he's something—he's somebody who doesn't care about any of this crap. He just wants to do his job and go home. But all that matters is him getting his job done because that's all that allows him to get home. And so he'll do whatever it takes. And so he really is a nasty piece of work. I find it interesting. So in a way, I almost wish I'd seen this movie without playing the game, <clears throat> because there were several elements to the movie that were different from the game where I liked the game better. And in that sense, the movie let me down a little bit. And I feel like Matthias's character is one of those places because in the movie, he is exactly what you described. This sort of uncaring, doesn't believe this is here to do a job. He can't leave till it's done. Can you believe that these people are in his way? Like cold hearted SOB, like to through and through and you believe it. And the, the character or the actor does an amazing job of doing that. He does great. However, I do miss the overwhelming religious zealot part of the character from the game in that he was not only a cold-blooded, hardcore SOB, but he had this drive of something greater that he needed to do behind him, which gave you a motivation and almost made him more dangerous and unpredictable than the character in the movie. So I sort of wish we had kept that and you could have, there's no reason why they didn't keep that into the film. So I do miss that. So I think Walter Goggins did a great job, but I kind of think the character was flawed in that. I wish we had kept this sort of religious believers aspect to him, sort of the believer you get from um, serenity or firefly, like that sort of drive that can't be broken by anything to me is way scarier than just someone who couldn't care less. So I sort of wish we'd kept that. So I have mixed feelings on it. I still think the actor did a really nice job, though, of portraying. Yeah, I believed it. I believe he would just shoot me in a heartbeat and not think twice about it. So 
<laughs> I wondered, and and this was my thought process because I I was thinking through that too uh, of why did they make that change, and I'm wondering if it's because they didn't want this movie to feel too much like Raiders of the Lost Ark, because if you do that, he just kind of feels like Belloc at that point, who's obsessed with the 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 mystical magical part of it, right? Like. Um, in some ways, and like I, I feel like they kind of wanted to be able to divorce themselves a little bit from that, uh, and instead of just kind of retelling an Indi- Indiana Jones story, uh, they didn't want you to feel like that. But I'm with you because I, I felt like that is one of the things that was missing from the game was that mm, mysticism part. Like you know, I was I was sad to see that go. Now it's not completely gone because you you. I, I felt like the movie did a good job of through what they're doing. Obviously, Trinity believes in these things, right? Um, and her dad did too. So just because this one didn't turn out to be exactly what everybody thought it was does not mean that those things won't exist in future games because they've opened up the world to say, no, people in this world believe these things exist. And from what you've seen in this movie, it could. So they just, it's like they sidestepped, and I get why they do the sidestep. I don't know if it completely works as well as I wanted it to from the game, but I I would be interested again to see what they do maybe in the next movie where they can feel more open to kind of doing whatever story they want, and it could have that pseudo-religious mysticism feel to it, Um, and they feel okay about that because hopefully they don't they don't get the sense that they're just kind of copying you know Indiana Jones and i get that it's hard not to feel like that cuz that's Indiana Jones thing right he's almost always after some sort of religious type artifact or something that's seen religious by people even if it just happens to be a crystal skull i mean you know it's like anyway i i, I totally get it though yeah i i i agree that was one of my big disappointments for the movie too is the lack of mysticism because that's really strong in both the Laura Croft series they've created and as well, well and as even the old ones like you know yeah. there was always something creepy or weird or, or unexplained. unexplainable yeah, yeah even just unexplained um same thing kind of is true in the uncharted game series I think of that in the new Tomb Raiders is very similar both in gameplay and in sort of storytelling um I feel like we could have maybe split the difference in the film, I feel like they were trying to sidestep that so much they stepped too far to the side. Um, I definitely think there were ways you could have made it less mystical than the game, but still had an element of unexplainedness to it. Um, you could have had the the disease make them sort of more superhuman. You could have had the disease make them sort of zombie-like and that they couldn't be killed. You could have done a whole bunch of other things that left it somewhat more mystical and unexplained, but at the same time still be fairly rooted in reality. Um, I feel like they went a little too much into reality in that sense. Um, And I think you could have kept a little bit of the religious zealot in Matthias um, instead of, I mean, you could have just left it unknown instead of so, because at some point he actually says, you know, Laura, you're like me. You don't believe any of this crap if you had just not done things like that and left it open to the fact that maybe he doesn't believe as strongly as her dad, then you maybe wouldn't have quite the zealot that you have from the game, but and you wouldn't be quite so close to Indiana Jones. But there's just a few times that I think they stepped a little bit too far away from that. 
like they were trying to overcompensate and they end up kind of a little bit too far off the mark for me. Um, I get not wanting to mirror the game exactly either, because like I said, it could get really boring for those of us who've already played the game if we know exactly what's going to happen next. Um, so I think you could have had a hallucinogen where it looked like she came to life. Um, you know, you could have done a whole bunch of things with it. Um, I feel like they got to that point and maybe they didn't know what to do. <laughs> it sort of feels like they got that far into the, the script and then they're like, oh, wait, what do we do with this now? Oh, we'll just make it a disease and call it a day. Like, <laughs> and, or they ran out of money. They got to the end of the movie and they're like, oh crap, what can, what do we have money left to do? Like, what can we do? You know, we got to tame this back because we ran out of money. Um, cause this was definitely, I think a lower budget film. Um, so you know, I think you're right that they were testing the waters to see how well it would work, considering how many video game movies totally bomb. Look at all the well, Assassin's Creed movies that yeah. have come out and just done terribly. Oh, so, gosh. Uh, I mean, I get the caution and I get what they're trying to do. Um, so I, I think that it, I think they could have done a little bit more. They could have pushed the envelope just a little bit more than they did. Um, but I can kind of understand why maybe they didn't. Uh, so I'd like to see them continue to push that in the next one. Yes, I'd like them yes. to take that chance and say, oh, no, I can do this. This is what people want. I'm um, not playing well, so safe. Uh, the whole thing with with Himiko, um, I, it, it kind of felt like an uh, like in Star Trek The Next Generation episode where everything turns out to be not what you thought it was, which is, oh, there's a scientific explanation for it. Right. Yeah. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and I think the movie does a good enough job of showing, uh, because again, it's all about legends and myths and stuff and how there's some truth to every legend, you know, that's what they're playing with. And the idea is that um, it became understood as something mystical, but it was just a disease and that's why, you know, and so I get that they're playing with all of that. Um, I kind of would have liked it to be more of Again, I think the Indiana Jones lesson that he learns, which is uh, some of this S you can't explain mm -hmm. and you're never going to be able to explain and you probably shouldn't mess with it. And you probably you know, shouldn't uh, worry about trying to explain it. It's just unexplainable. Right. right. Yeah. Um, because there are forces in this world that are like that. So I, I think it would be interesting that if you have this foundation here where there's some sort of scientific explanation for things to see her in the next movie have to grapple with something that maybe she can't explain in the end you know and is is and that would be a nice cool character moment to be able to move forward right well and to that point for me if you're going to have something mystical you don't have to explain it you don't have to stay true to anything you don't have to do anything real because it's not explainable right when you have a disease and you've said, oh, it's just a disease. Now I'm taking issue with how quickly they became infected, how quickly it took over, how quickly they, uh, the ability for it to transfer skin to skin contact, like the transmission rate was totally rough. Now you've put me in a scientific place where I'm trying to prove that this is real and it's not done correctly and it's not done real. And now I have issue with that not being real. Whereas if you just left it mystified, you didn't have to explain all that and I would buy it. <laughs> like if you're telling me it's just straight up a disease, her dad touching that dad's shoulder soldier's shoulder should not have contaminated him. Like there's just things that now don't work because you're telling me it's a real thing. So it's one of those like catch 22s that a lot of times places will find them in. It was like, Oh, I'm just going to explain this as something that's known. But once you do that, it comes with all these other things attached that make it even harder because now your disease has to fit in the category of a real disease. And so 
you know, it just adds that element of it's too real that now I can kind of explain it. And I want to see certain things and you set expectations and I didn't meet those expectations. So now I'm irritated with you when all along you could have solved this problem by just being like, oh no, it's this new thing that somehow it looks like a disease, but it's not really a disease. Like if you'd kept it really wishy-washy, then I didn't have to go through that. Um, so, and I know that I'm, I'm just one viewer, just not everybody feels the same way and goes into that hypercritical state that I go into. Um, but for me, that's kind of what I would have, I would have liked, even if it wasn't true to the game, at least give me something that doesn't sort of, I have to rationalize out in my head. No, I think that makes sense because in the end too, um, you know, that, that's part of making movies is you have to ask yourself these questions and the, the audience may be subconsciously drawn out of something because of something like that. Yep. They might not be able to explain it like you did, but they may actually have that subconscious reaction. You know, it, it, it's the it's the reason that there are times when there's something that's edited um, and you your brain tells you that it's wrong, but mm -hmm. you can't necessarily explain why it's wrong. But you can tell it's chopped up. You're yeah, like, oh, but you can tell it's not missing. right. It's like anytime there's... <laughs> yeah, it's like anytime that there's a... Um, a sequence where uh, somebody is moving towards an object and you can tell they keep cheating the distance. Yeah. And it happens in, I mean, uh, The Last Jedi is a good example. Um, in the uh, speeder sequence um, with, uh, they're where they're the on crate. Yeah. yeah. No, when they're on crate and um, they're moving towards the walkers. Oh, they yeah. They keep cheating that distance big time. You'll never not be able to see that yeah. now because because uh, you just you, ruined it for me. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, I did yeah. ruin it for everyone. All right, um, but that's welcome, that's everyone. what's happening. Like I, <laughs> I, I, you know, you see that in that scene though, and you, but you, you'll start to see it in lots of different movies. Yep. And sometimes they can cover it up, and sometimes they can't. And so, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And and that's one of the moments where I felt like back and forth in my brain. Okay, I get why they're doing this, but do I like it as much as what they could have done, yep. and, and all that stuff. And and then. And now yeah, your part brain's of me is too like, much that you're thinking too much. You're not enjoying it anymore because yeah, now yeah. you're thinking about it and you should just be able to en enjoy it, you know? Adaption thing too. Like when you're bringing it from something else and we know that. It's kind of like when you watch a Harry Potter movie based off the book. It's like, it's you the know same what You, don't, you know principle. what you're missing. Yeah. Yep. 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 You know what it could be versus what it is. And then, you know, you have to now balance that out between the two yep. and figure it out. Um, it's, it's like having, it's like ordering a soda in a drive-thru and you think it's regular Coke or diet Coke and you end up with the opposite. Like yes. maybe you're not a, maybe you don't dislike it, but it's not what you were expecting. And so you're disappointed because it's not what you were expecting. Um, so I feel a little bit like a bait and switch here and that you wanted just a little bit of mysticism, just a scotch to make you feel a little bit better because that is so strong in the entire series yeah. all through current old, whatever, there's always some form of mysticism. So I'm, I'm with you. I hope we bring it back. I hope we get a little bit of the unexplained. Um, and on that note, I also hope we get a little better pacing because I feel like we spent a lot of time on pre Island Laura and not a lot of time on Island Laura, which is the complete opposite of the game yeah, where you spend 90% yeah. of the game on the Island and you only get a very small portion before. So I would like to see that balanced a little bit better this time around too, because I don't know that you needed to show me that entire 20 minute bike chase sequence. I get that you're showing me she's agile and she's a survivor and can get hit by a car and handle that. But it, it was, I didn't, it was unnecessary for me as a viewer. I'm willing to buy the fact that she's a, she's, you know, a BA just based on the boxing scene. So I don't need the bike right. chase scene too. Um, and I don't need the weird tension with the, 
guy in the restaurant who was supposed to ask her out and his parents smacked him upside the head. Like I, I, all of that was kind of comical, but I also didn't need it. So I just think a little better editing and a little better pacing in the next one too would help me get into the movie sooner. Like get to the point of why we're watching yeah. this movie a little bit faster. I think that's the hard thing when you're talking about like the editing of a movie um, and especially in an origin story like this, you know, they are struggling with trying to give you the characterization of the character before the big event happens so that you can see the change in the arc and everything. And I do I do kind of agree with you. I think that it could have been a little bit swifter in getting to that. Um, we could have made it a little more succinct. Yeah, it, yeah, it, and you probably could have edited out maybe five minutes or so and it and spent a little bit, like you said, more. Because I, I would have enjoyed just talking specifically about the editing. I would have liked a few more scenes of Laura on her own on the island trying to survive. Yep. I think that would have been nice. Um, I yeah, Or so, at least of her feeling lost and confused. Like, what yes, do I do yes. now? I would or, have liked yeah, to see or, a few minutes of that. Yes, or I mean, I kind of would have rather of her had to build her own bow and arrow than just picking up her dad's. I know, that you was know? disappointing. Yeah, I so did. things like that, like I would have liked to have seen happen. Yeah. Because I just feel like those are great character moments. Um, but, you know, again, you also switch to having the character moments with her dad where she's having to have these really tough conversations about why he's there, which I thought was um, kind of cool, the idea of responsibility. You know, he's 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 telling her he does believe this and he believes that because he's a croft, because he has been blessed with resources financially he's made good decisions he's being a good steward of all that but he also feels like that that means that his job is not just to revel in that but to help the world in these ways with these other gifts that he's been giving of you know loving these old legends and stories and all and 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 finding belief in that and trying to protect the world from people who would want to misuse things like that so i i really thought that that was a nice way to use her dad and this conversation about what it means to have responsibility in this world for the things that we have been given. And, you know, if I'm talking to you and you're listening to my voice, you're in the top 1% of the entire world. So just think about that. It doesn't really matter how much money you make. You, you probably are because you're in a first world country listening to this probably on some sort of smartphone, which you know, so I I thought that that's a nice little message to have in the movie where, yeah, this is mainly just an action film, but I thought that was a kind of cool thing to insert in there to, but because it, it's also a good character moment for Laura, right? Like, because she hasn't necessarily, those 20 minutes spent at the beginning, she hasn't really been living her life to her full potential. She's kind of been wasting her potential. And so I, I liked the, the fact that her dad is, is, that whole time with her dad gives her this opportunity to realize, no, that I'm meant for more than just being a courier. And it's not just because I'm a croft, but I I have gifts and responsibilities that go along with all that. So I don't know. I just, I thought it was great. I thought that that message was good. I feel like I would have liked when you lose a parent or you spend such a long time without the parent or even a significant other, a friend, anyone who plays a significant impact on your life, the coping with that and the loss of that and the making sense of what that is now is huge. And 
in the games and in real life, we don't have the opportunity to confront that person again <laughs> when they've left us, right? They're gone. And that's that. Um, and we're sort of left to our own devices to figure out how to how to figure them out and how to figure out what we learn of their life, right? She learns about this whole other side of her father she didn't know after he leaves. Um, I feel like him being gone would have had a greater impact than him coming back. Um, I It worked for the plot devices they created in this story, but I feel like they did that so he could come back. Um, whereas I feel like her having to cope with the responsibility from journal articles or like the video he left her or that sort of thing would have maybe even had a greater impact because she wouldn't have been able to seek his guidance later on. Um, so for me, I sort of wish he hadn't come back. I sort of wish we didn't have an opportunity to converse with her and we didn't have that opportunity to steal his bow and arrow because I agree that she should have made hers um, or found it from some prehistoric, some tribe that was on this island. Um, so you know, I, I did like the message and I think we could have still kept the message, but in a different way. Um, so I, I do like that. That's going to kind of be the, the, the sounding going forward, especially as we yeah. leave the end of this movie with her sort of realizing who is in the head of Trinity and that her father's company owns parts of Trinity and figuring out how much of that he knew versus how much of that was Anna or Anna and uh you know what they're gonna do from here and then she's clearly sort of picked up the picked up the torch from where he left off and is going to continue on um so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they play that out and how dedicated to the mission she really is versus he was um so it'll it'll be interesting to see where we go with that message because i think that's one you could tie into future movies too that this is a sense of obligation and of duty um, and I like, and what was the phrase like being a croft is in all boardrooms and charity galas. It's, you know, there's more to being a croft than just showing up at the, right, at the company. Right. Basically than, than making and spending money. Right. There's more to than just having money and being a Lord or lady croft. There's more to it now than that. So it, it you know, you have an importance to your life. You have a, a calling or a mission. Well, I think, uh, you know, again, uh, the idea of responsibility, but also I think that that, that brings to mind the idea of purpose, too, you know, and, and that that's something that without in life, you just kind of wither and die as a person, you know, a, per a person that ta feels purposeless um, doesn't have any reason to live. And, and I think um, her seeing and knowing this purpose for her life now, and again, at the beginning of the movie, you see that she's kind of rudderless. She doesn't feel like she has a purpose. She lost her dad and she doesn't want to deal with the responsibility of taking over the company or, or dealing or with the ramifications of his death. You know, she doesn't want any of that. Um, and even at the end of the movie, you know, she says to Anna, you know, oh, maybe sh you should, you know, take uh, control of the um, the day-to-day -day operations. But what we see, uh, what we get at the very end with that revelation that Anna is probably the part of or maybe the head of possibly trinity um, because it's connected with this company that she saw uh, uh logo on the boxes on the island realizing that you know her the croft organization owns that company as a subsidiary you know that puts red flags up so i think she might then get more involved 
with these things and take more responsibility as she moves forward. And I think that's, like you said, that's something that's going to be nice to watch, hopefully move forward. And again, I think that's where this movie kind of creates a nice foundation for you to build off of. You've set up some really nice pieces that you could play with on, on this, you know, new Tomb Raider board. So I'm really excited because I think we have created some big things for Lara that give her an advantage over maybe her, um, trinity counterparts or even over her dad with the same mission you know she did go seven years without his money well we went seven years without his guidance you know we went however many years past her leaving primary school without his money right she's got no problem scraping by she's got no problem you know doing living in the dirty things traveling on the the cargo ship in less than ideal conditions you know she's sort of got not a problem with sinking down into what needs to be done in order to achieve her goal, which I think like her dad, maybe it wasn't as comfortable. I mean, her dad rented the entire boat, right. And hired the captain and things like that. I feel like we've got, she's sort of scrappier than her counterparts. And and I think that's going to come to her advantage. What did you think? Uh, uh, because we had the connection with her dad and the boat captain, and then we also get the connection with his son and her. So they're kind of mirrors for each other as they're, you know, looking for their father. Um, I really liked uh, that Lou Ren ends up having a purpose, not just bringing her to the island, but being somebody who then gets his own little arc of helping save these people um, that have been used as slaves on the island. And I, I thought that that was really nice. And again, you know, it, it's kind of cool to have a good role here for somebody who's, you know, not white. He's Asian. You know, Daniel Wu it, it, getting an opportunity to, to be somebody, too, that, again, you could see coming back that's a part of Laura's team. You know, and and greeting this team around her, I, I I liked him, and I love the foundation you set with that opportunity, and I I felt like he's you know serviced pretty decently in a movie that's got a pretty quick pace. You know, I think it's like two hours. You know, but we still feel like we get a, a he's not just a wasted character. That I that's what I liked. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen a little more of him. And again, I think yeah, that goes too. back to the pacing, right? We spent a lot of time with with her. Uh, we spent probably spent about 20, 25 minutes of the movie just her in in England or in London trying to find her way. Um I do wish I'd had a little more time with him. I loved what they did with him though. I thought it was great. I also liked that he wasn't just there as a as a like a a romantic interest for her he had his own personal drive and sort of um bonded with her over this like loss of fathers and you know never really gets to learn that she found her father and you know there's just i like the the devices they used with him and i liked his character and i, I would have liked to have seen more of it but when you get the he's smart too yeah because he's the one who tells it's clock hands and she's like it's not clock hands and he's like he didn't even say anything until she's like it's it's clock, it's clock hands. you know yeah Rap, it's just, right. it was <laughs> you know it was nice because it wasn't the thing where either of them are are it, it's not the like male female like one of them has to be better than the other they complement each other mm -hmm. and that was cool because it, it's it's not a competition it's it's a mutual partnership to help each well, other and that's they, nice they play off each other they're similar right they're both yes, kids yes. who lost their dads who have decided to sort of run away from the world and 
are discovering their true potential, right? He's incredibly brilliant, but totally hammered when we first meet him, right? Because he's just gambling and drinking because he has nothing else to live for. And, you know, she sort of gives him a lifeline, something to live for beyond the sort of traditional romantic interest, you know, bond. It's like, no, you want to find out what happened to your father and I'll give you a adventure to follow like why not you know um it's like you can either die on a grand adventure or you can drink yourself to death so it's kind of your choice um so i I thought it was kind of great they sort of helped each other they sort of saved each other you know he sort of taught her some of the more clever puzzle things and sort of drew that out of her and she sort of gave him a little bit of bravery and encouraged him to come out of his shell a little bit um so i thought it was you know i thought it was a really i thought he was a great character it really worked for me i'd like to see more of him in this movie and i'd like to see more of him in the next um so i hope we get him back in some fashion well and i thought it was interesting because as as he slowly starts to learn responsibility uh for his life she is too so again they're nice mirrors for each other that they're both kind of having to learn the same lessons and you know they they both got to get caught up in this and they just thought they were going to look for their dads, you know, um, our two dads. And, and yet it ends up being this grand world saving adventure. So again, I'm right there with you. I think he's a good character and I would like to see more of him. Um, I also love that Kristen Thomas is in this very small role, mm-hmm. but you get the feeling like uh, she is going to be much more pivotal in the end. Uh and I just liked the reveal of who she is and what she could have been up to. And did she have anything to do with getting him, her dad trapped on the island and all these things that you could find out would be great. I love it. I always thought she was a shady shade star from the second she walked on screen. Didn't buy it. Didn't buy it one bit. Didn't buy it for one second. I was like, uh, uh-uh, she's up to no good. The second we saw her at the police station, the second she started trying to get, Laura to sign the papers like I knew it I knew it which also makes me think that something's going to happen in this next movie that we she needed his dad her dad out of the picture there's something that she needed Richard Croft to be declared to be declared dead in order to accomplish like I just there's something there's something happening and that's why well, there's got to the be another movie. <laughs> I feel like that they they linger on the idea of like power of attorney on the contract. And I think it might be her. I don't oh, know. Yeah. So Laura yeah, signed so, a power of attorney yeah. giving day-to-day operations of Croft investments or whatever it's called in this one to Anna, which is also where it reminds me a little bit of um, Batman because it's like yes, Bruce Wayne yes. signing over the yep. interest of, you know, same with Tony Stark and Obadiah Stane, like yep. that relationship and that, that, that theme is very common. Um, but yeah, she signed over the day-to-day operations. Um, she's still the owner, but she's not acting as like president or CEO of the company. Um, so that's what she signed over, but she still was, she still had it. She still had that role before. So I'm interested to see what comes of this in terms of what, Anna got what Kristen Scott Thomas got out of the whole her dad actually being dead thing. Um, I think it's something. I think she gets something out of it. I just don't know what. You know, um, kind of thinking of of the the last couple of things um, that I was the the action of the movie uh, and the future. You know, one of the things I liked about this is that the the movie never tries to out action itself. I didn't feel like. 
it's not trying to keep continually one up itself. I felt like what the action is trying to do is always convey a character story. And I liked that because it, it didn't feel like this had, obviously this movie is kind of on the, uh, probably I think the lower end of the the budget scale so that the action set pieces are, are they, they pick them out specifically and it's like they, they, chosen what they can afford they're not trying to do more really than they can afford which i think is great it's really smart um you know the uh, yeah this budget had 94 million dollars and when you think of some of the movies it can be over 200 million you know this is this is decent size but still it, it just i felt like the action worked in that way um so that this became more of a i know this is supposed to be an action adventure but it all felt like a more of a drama adventure because this is more about Laura and her, and so the action was meant to serve that, and I liked that. Um, and for the future, I feel like this created a good foundation for um, a Croft foundation, <laughs> so that we could get great stories going forward, and you can really start to dive into this character and start to slowly make her into the Laura Croft, you know? Um, and I, to me, that's exciting. And I like the fact that you've cast somebody like Alicia Vivikander, who's old enough. And the sense that like her age allows her to be able to do this for a while if she wants to. So I, I think it could be a really good series moving forward. So I think for me, the action and, and, and what it sets up for the future, uh, I'm actually, I, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I I'd like to see more like in-depth storytelling, more more intricate puzzles, a little more like the original series in this and a little less on her her backstory now because we've got a good backstory so now her kind of yeah. character development can be a little more organic. Um so I'd like to see a little bit more of that just happening as it goes and a little less having to be told what happens. Um I would like to see her try a few things really brazenly and fail at them. I think we can afford that in the next couple movies or the next movie. Um, so I, I did, I do want to see, you know, continue to see those elements from the game that we really like. Um, there's a good homage to the I, climbing axe at the end of this yes, one, which if you've ever played yes. the game is your best friend. Um, so it I, really I, is. It really is. It is like the best weapon in the entire game. Like it is. I mean, you can you can whack somebody upside the head with it, or you, need you can it be for hanging everything. on a cliff. Yeah, you need it for everything. It is. It is the best part of that game, to be perfectly honest. Um, so you get this nice homage to that at the right at the end with her and the climbing axe. Um, but I mean, I'd like to see more homages. I feel like I don't need them to continue on the same storyline that they did in the game. I feel like we've already kind of established her character and now we can go on a different adventure if we want, especially since we've sort of gone on a different track already. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that. I've already mentioned, but I would like to see, um, additional characters brought in, um, more friends, more of a tribe for her. She needs a support system that she can trust. So I think we need to find a way to build that because we've already shown that Aunt Anna can't be trusted and um, the lawyer there works for the company and he didn't play a big role but I don't know if anybody recognized him he played the master in an episode of Doctor Who um, yes yes and so he he can't he I didn't trust him from the second only because of his Doctor Who history but that totally has nothing to do with this movie um, but you know we need to create her a tribe we need to create her a safe 
group that she can rely on. She needs a support system. So I'm hoping the next movie will create that because otherwise it's just totally unbelievable that she can do any of this. You have to have that. Um, so that's kind of what I'm hoping for in the next film is, is some additional characters and some additional character development around that and to show her interpersonal skills with that. Um, yes. And then just some more action. Just give me more of her on an island or her in a boat or her running from this or that, um, you know, don't give me three or four good action shots. Just give me more long-term action. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I would watch another one. I, I, I like, yeah. It. Cause I liked, I mean, I loved that they did the, the, <laughs> the river scene. And I turned to my wife as like, man, it's so hard not to die in that scene. It's so hard not to think uh, about her getting horrifically impaled on a giant yes. barbed wire. Fence. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then the, the whole thing with the plane was great. You know, I really liked that. I liked the action scene at the end where she kicks that guy's butt big time mm -hmm. and then uh, shoves the thing down his throat. The finger and then in kick, his mouth. Yeah, and <laughs> then kicks him down. Like, I was like, that's awesome. Um, so all of that stuff I just really enjoyed. And um, all in all, uh, what would you end up rating Tomb Raider? What do you think? Um, I feel like it is... Probably about 75 out of 100 handmaidens. Oh, I'm sorry. It was 1,000. 750 out of 1,000 handmaidens. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think I think my rating is, is pretty much the same. I think this is three and a half out of five climbing, uh, climbing axes. axes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I really do. I, I think this is a solid foundation. It's definitely not a perfect movie, but I also think this is the kind of movie that you go to on a Saturday afternoon and just have a good time with and enjoy. Like, and I, I did, I enjoyed it and, and that's all I wanted. You know, I wanted to reference the game and do it justice well enough. And I felt like it did. Um, and I, I think that it's, it's, it's a fun, I don't know. I just had fun watching it and sometimes that's okay. And, it, and I felt like it tried to do some things that it had some little messages in there, which were nice. And I really feel like this could be something cool if they will give them another chance, you know? Yeah. Um, and that happens a lot. Like um, just recently rewatched the original X-Men and X-Men is pretty groundbreaking for the time. But when you go back, you realize, it no, it's actually, it's, it's, it's good, but it's not the best. Right. It, it, and so um, I feel like this is in that same area where it's like it's kind of like the original X-Men and you're hoping that they next they do X-Men 2, but for Tomb Raider. Yeah. So, yeah. And just call it Tomb Raider 2. Yeah. That would be awesome. You yeah. know, like just or go back like to the, the old movie, school. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Or, or you know, you could do yeah. that too. Um, but yeah, I, I totally would be into another one. And I'm, I, you know, I'm really interested to see what other people will think about this one. Hit us up over there on the Babel Conference or on uh, Twitter at uh, Trek FM. And so I um, really want to say thank you to uh, Ken Tripp and Davis Grayson. They're our associate producers through Patreon, and they make sure that this show keeps coming to you each and every week. And they've been such loyal supporters of this show and the network. Now, Patreon is the way you can help make sure all of the shows here on Trek FM keep coming to you each and every week because it's really expensive to do this. So we have a huge network. And so... Go to patreon.com slash trekfm. You can see how you can become part of the team. We have some great levels of contribution. Honestly, in the end, every little bit helps. And uh, we have some things that uh, and places and ways that we love to give back to you. Um, so, again, 
Um, really encourage you, if you like what you hear on Trek FM, make sure it keeps coming to you each and every week. So go to patreon.com slash Trek FM, become part of the team. Uh, Dre, I love, love, love getting to have you on the show. I'm so thankful that this movie turned out to be a much better movie than the one we did last week. So if anybody wants to talk to you about Tomb Raider or Harry Potter or anything else, where can they catch up with you? Yeah, you can come tell me what you thought of Tomb Raider or Last Week on A Wrinkle of Time or Harry Potter or any of the other stuff you'll see us talk about online um, on Twitter at PCFChick or on Instagram at Drea Kaufman and it's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And uh, you can find Dre and I over on the Nerd Party Network doing owl posts together as we talk through each and every chapter of Harry Potter. You can find me doing aggressive negotiations there as well with John Mills as we talk about Star Wars. I'm on Twitter at MattRushing02, and I'm also on Instagram under the same name. I'm here on the network doing The Orb with Chris Jones talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And last but not least, I'm doing Cinema Stories with my good friend Courtney as we talk about films through the lens of faith. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and y'all come back now, you hear? Bye.